This is HPR episode 2851 entitled, An Introduction to the Work of Firefighters. It is hosted by Arun Patton, and is about 31 minutes long, and carries a clean flag. The summary is, a small introduction into the work of firefighters. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hello there and welcome at another episode, another podcast by me, Jerome Batten. This time I would like to talk to you about uh, firefighting. Um, and the reason for that is, well, <clears throat> sorry, I, I've been a firefighter, f- I was a firefighter for almost 10 years. So I, I did my share as a, as a volunteer firefighter, so it, it's something you do next to your job. Um and I thought, yeah, let's make a podcast about it. Um, there's a lot to tell. It's 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 um, an intriguing uh, kind of work. It has a sort of adventurous sound to it, I guess. Um, anyway, one thing is for certain: it's it's a job where you can make an actual real life difference in somebody else's life, and hopefully for the better, of course. Um, so I, I could tell stories about the stuff I did and what we encountered, um, but I would like to start this podcast with, well, you know, just talking about everything that, that from a technical perspective is attached to it. Um, so what, 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 what do people do when they are at, uh, when they're firemen or firefighter or whatever you call it? Mind you, uh, I'm Dutch. So everything I tell you, procedures I tell you, they relate to working as a volunteer firefighter in, firefighter in the Netherlands. So it's very well possible that other countries have other procedures. And if for some reason you're one of those people and you live in another country and you know that you do stuff completely different, just make a podcast about it. And that way I learn something new about this, what I think is still an, an, an amazing um, kind of type of work. Anyway, so what does firefighting entail because it's more than just fighting fires if there's anything like that i mean it's not like you put on some judo clothing and you start fighting a fire it's a little different um well basically what the definition that's used in the netherlands is that the the, the fire brigade is there to save man and animal that's it Save man and animal. That's that's what we're there. We're not there to to control traffic. We're not there to um, uh, bring medical aid. Uh, although it's related, but we're there to save man and animals, and that can be out of a fire. 
Yeah, hence the term firefighter. But it can also be uh, out of a, a, a car wreck or a train wreck or a plane wreck or anything. Hey, you know, when people are, are stuck in, 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 um, in a car after an accident and, well, <laughs> they really like to get out. Um, and there's, there's a lot to, to, to be told about that as well. Uh, but also save people from heights. Um, maybe they climbed up a tree. Uh, I know the, the proverbial catch up in a tree thing. But nevertheless, uh, people that are on a rooftop and suddenly they don't dare to come down. Uh, but also from depth, as in, gro- um, well, uh, spelunking, you know. There's not a lot of natural spelunking to do in the Netherlands, so that's that's easy. But we have got our own fair share of wells, uh, water wells, so you could fall into that. Um, or you get into trouble when you're in, in, in water. Um so that saving men and animal, what we also do is then fight fires, of course, but we also do prevention of fire. So uh, we consult with uh, people, persons, organizations about how to detect and 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 prevent fire as much as possible, um, which also means checking um, the the firefighting equipment that's on site somewhere or checking. If the, the emergency exits are not blocked and are readily available, um, what we also do is um, well, we the fire uh, brigade is is uh, pumping out water after, uh, for instance, uh, uh, you had a large large rain, uh, heavy rain, and you're um, uh, you, you you you're suffering from well, you're not personally suffering, but you, you've got too much water in your house. Uh, then there are some pumps that uh, that can be deployed to to get to get it empty, um, and the other thing is that with there's a sort of a triangle in in the Netherlands. You have the police, you have the the, the um, emergency responders, as in uh, the ambulances, and we have the third, as then the fire uh, brigade. Uh, of those three, whenever there's a combined effort to do something. The um, the fire brigade is is in charge hierarchically. Um, are they at a, a, a higher level? Anyway, so back to the technical stuff. Uh, something very boring. Probably you all know that, and that's related to a fire. What is a fire? Well, a fire is an uncontrollable chemical reaction that needs three uh, uh, things to to happen. To, to, um, to, to, to make that, that re- reaction possible. And as for one, there's a flammable st- substance. It can be a solid, can be a liquid, can be a gas, but nevertheless, a, 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 f- a flammable um, a substance, something that could burn. Uh, you need oxygen, because without oxygen, there is no fire. And the other thing is you need a temperature suitable enough for the fire. Um, and with these three things as in uh, something flammable, uh, oxygen, and the temperature. That's a fire triangle, and you need all three things to have a fire. Now, the simplest way to extinguish a fire is just get rid of one of those three parameters. So if you take away the oxygen, the fire stops. If you take away the flammable substance, the fire stops. If you take away the temperature because it gets too cold, the temperature stops. Uh, getting it too cold is, is a difficult, a tricky one. I know that. But nevertheless, um, 
So how do you um, extinguish a fire? Well, you could use um, uh, materials to extinguish a fire. One of the most used ones is water. And why? Because it cools down uh, the, the, the location that's, that, that's, that's uh, burning um, to, until it's below the, 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 the temperature that, that would start the, uh, the, re uh, uh, the, the reaction. The other thing you can do is also you could uh, put in um, a CO2, CO2 gas, um, as, as, as a, uh, a way to extinguish a fire. And what does CO2 do? It's a gas, but it doesn't burn from itself. It's very stable that way, but it gets rid of the oxygen because where CO2, there's no oxygen. So, um, uh, and, and by removing oxygen out of our equation... Uh, we get rid of the fire. Now, the third one is, is foam. And foam is, well, it just puts a, a, a layer on top of uh, your, your fire. And uh, that way, there's, uh, it, it locks the oxygen out. And um, foam is very light. And that's uh, its, its main advantage because uh, you 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 can't use water to uh, extinguish uh, a fire from gasoline because gasoline floats on water. So if you put water on it, you just make the the area that's burning larger. So that's that's not really what you want. Foam is so light, you just put foam on top of uh, um, uh, burning gasoline, and the fire is immediately out. Um, and the last one is is powder. Um, and powder is, is, is something also that you can um, uh, put on a fire from a fire extinguisher. And it covers the, 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 the material that's burning with this powder. And that, that way also it locks the oxygen out. Um, uh, well, then in, in, uh, in the Netherlands there are, of course, numerous materials that firefighters use, but that's, that's some graphic stuff, so it's, it's hard to, to talk about it. But um, what we do have in the Netherlands is we have in every residential area on, in the street uh, at, at a distance of 80 meters apart, we have uh, what we call a below-ground fire hydrant. So it's not a fire hydrant as you would may, maybe know from from uh, movies, the ones in America that uh, they are standing by the sidewalks. Now it's below street level, and it's it's there's just a, a sort of a um, I don't know what the word for it is, but some some sort of uh, iron cast plate that you remove and then you you expose the area where you can put uh, a, a certain pipe on top of it with. Uh, um, uh, with handles and uh, you can get your uh, water out of there now every 80 meters in every residential area in the Netherlands and to find it because yeah, you can wander the street and looking for uh, a lid um, uh, but it's it's more easy than that we have red sort of pla plaques um, on the side of, of on the front of, of houses and they have a sort of a white T and uh, a couple of numbers on it. So the number below the T will tell you the difference from uh, the building to 
the, the fire hydrant uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a perpendicular direction. And if there's a number on the left or on the right of that specific white T-shaped uh, thing, if it's on the right, then you also have to move a certain distance to the right. And if it's on the left, you have to move a certain distance to the left to find. So it's a sort of a, a, a chess, you know, like what you can do with chess with the horse. Um, you have to make a small... Yeah, you don't have to make a small dance, but that's... That, well, you could. But uh, normally during a fire, you probably won't. Um, and... Um, uh, yeah. The other thing when we're talking about fires is that there, there are a few really, really, really annoying things uh, regarding the general public and, and firefighters. One is if a, a fire truck arrives at a house that's on fire, you see people running in without a hose. And you're standing by, and well, these days people are getting really verbal, and they uh, they think uh, uh, this this is work done by amateurs. I don't know what they think, but everybody starts yelling. You need to bring your hose with you. You put some water on the fire, etc., etc. Don't, really don't. And I'll tell you why. One liter of water on a fire immediately produces 1600 liters of steam boiling hot steam now imagine you're lying on the floor in a burning house you're not feeling too well if you're still alive if somebody comes in with a hose puts fire uh, puts water on the fire you get um well you would would would, would be the you get you get boiled boiled like a like a shrimp um or a lobster and that's not really what you want so they go in at first without a hose they have their own breeding apparatus on and they start to 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 scan the house for possible uh survivors or or humans at least and and, and animals to get them out as quickly as possible uh and only after that only after that and only after that they will start putting water on the fire and extinguishing the, 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 the fire. So, next time you know why they don't immediately do that. Um, the other thing is, and that's that, that annoys me to, to no end, every party that you are, every birthday party, when, you're, when you say, well, you know, what's your job? Well, I do this, I do this. And I'm also a volunteer firefighter. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Most of those guys are pyromaniacs. Really? Guys? No. Um, it's I, I'm not fascinated by the flames of a fire. It, it, it doesn't do it for me at all. I am somebody who likes to help people. That's what motivates me. Helping other, people's, other, other people. Um, and, um, well, you know, if there's, if there's a large building on fire and everybody is out and it's just a huge structure that's, that's completely lit up. Yeah. I think that's impressive. I think everybody thinks that's impressive and that doesn't make everybody a pyromaniac. Um, 
I've seen large buildings burning, and it was uh, it was not residential. It was just a um, a plant uh, on a plant, and um, uh, nobody in inside. Uh, only some uh, a heap of I don't know, sort of beans or something. You know, that's okay. They get lost. You know, happens. Um, uh, yeah, and and the, the the complete structure was wood, so it was a large wooden building on fire. And uh, yeah, I I think that's impressive, but for the rest, it didn't do it for me at all. Um, uh, yeah, well, so that's that's um, what I can tell you about fire. Now, um, then there's the other thing. And it has to do with uh, uh, what we, th- I think, what we would call technical aids. So uh, all those things where uh, there's no fire related to it uh, or involved in it, it's it isn't. Um, most of the time, it's it's traffic accidents. And um, uh, in the Netherlands, there is this this sort of a, a, a saying called the golden hour. The golden hour, and the golden hour means if you get to a crash site um, and you can um, uh, get the, the the victims out, and within an hour in a hospital, their chances of survival increase dram- dram- dramatically. So you try to do this not hastily, but within an hour. Um, uh, until the 70s of the, the former century, uh, 70s, 80s, um, the, the usual procedure was we get at a, a, a car crash, we, we pull out the victims as quickly as possible, um, no matter uh, what happens, and rush them to the hospital. And that most of the part did more bad than good, because um, they were maybe stuck and we just pulled them out and no uh, regard for if they got stuck somewhere. So a lot has changed since then. Really a lot has changed. Um, what we try to do first is, well, most of the time we're there together with uh, with the ambulance guys and they will first... Uh, focus on sta- stabilizing the victim, make sh- making sure that their condition doesn't deteriorate. And at the same time, we're busy as firefighters to try to get them out of the car as safely and as quickly as possible. To do that, there are four steps to take. One is stabilizing the vehicle. Because, you know, the vehicle stands on a couple of tires together with some springs under it and, and um, shocker, shocker absorbers, and it just moves around. So what we do, we stabilize uh, the vehicle just by putting uh, blocks of, of wood or plastic beneath the vehicle until it's, it's completely stable. It doesn't move left or right. The next step is what we call glass management. Um, of course, you know there's a lot of glass involved in a car, and some of them, ha- some of those glass uh, windows have to go just to get get into it. So we have a sort of a, a small uh, thing with a very pointy tip. Uh, you put it to the side of of a side window, and uh, it 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 cr- the, the window crashes without any um, uh, big uh, noise or, or uh, f- uh, physical. 
large physical stuff. It's just very easy. Now the front window uh, windshield is um, is something else because today it's layered, so there are other things to uh, to get that out. Um, uh, you could use a glass saw. You can use a, a wire if it's glued. You can, uh, um, but most of the time it's also very likely you just let it. You don't do anything with it at that particular time. Um, then we um, the the third step is to to remove uh, parts of the car that are in the way of getting the victim out of the car, and then step four, of course, is is getting the victim out. Now. Um, so stabilizing we you, we do with uh, big plastic blocks um, and um, uh, let's see after that um, we have hy hydraulic equipment and that uh, consists of a, a, a hydraulic pump with a with a uh, with a motor attached to it uh, um, uh, and um, it, that just produces oil at a very high pressure. There's, a, of course, a hose connected to it, and the hose is connected either to a spreader or to a scissor, a hydraulic scissor and a hydraulic spreader. And those two, um, you can do almost anything with it. Um, you can cut away uh, the rooftop, and if you then fold it forward... You don't have to do any glass management for, with the windshield because it will just break at uh, where it's bended, and because it's layered, um, it's it's the, not nothing glass-wise. Nothing really happens. You just fold the the the, the top of the car to the front of it. Um, that's what you do most of the time. So we what we like to say we make a cabrio out of it. Um, um yeah well that's basically what uh um uh doing stuff on on on, on a car accident uh, involves uh the other thing fires uh brigade does is is they're involved when there are hazardous materials uh incidents um leakage or um other way otherwise um uh something that you don't want and um, there are very special suits that are on on the uh, the fire truck that are completely enclosed an individual and are, that are very resistant to corrosive uh, liquids and etc. So with your uh, breathing apparatus on uh, and then enclosed in such a large plastic um, a suit, nothing can. Uh, can 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 harm you in a way so you can can take a look at hazardous material and decide to uh wrap it in something in something new to contain it uh or um spread some uh, some grit that will absorb uh uh the material the the liquid or whatever there's one thing you sweat like a pig in such a thing it's really 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 warm even in the dead of winter simply because it's very isolated so you heat up just simply by your own uh, body warmth and that's 37 degrees so yeah it's it it's hot um getting to another uh, type of incident uh when 
for instance, uh, a bike, a biker gets in an accident with, let's say, uh, a bus or a truck or sometimes even a car, and you're they're just jammed beneath the car. Then there are these uh, pneumatic uh, uh, pillows that we can use to, to uh, put under the car, uh, put some compressed air in it, and we can lift the car. Uh, very slowly, very safely to remove the uh, person involved. Those uh, uh, pillows are uh, relatively small. There are also uh, very big uh, pillows available. And that's for, uh, let's say, if, if you would have, for instance, a truck that's laying on its side and you and you have no other option to... to uh, rotate it back on its wheels you can put those very very large bags on one side and that way lift the complete truck until it rolls over and stands on its um, on its uh, in, on its wheels so um, that's basically uh, well that's this is basic knowledge actually what more is there to say? Um, well, getting to fires, for instance. If you're, as a firefighter, get going into a house that's on fire, um, then um, you have your breathing apparatus, uh, so that's all fine, uh, but you don't see shit. You don't see anything. It's just clouds. It's just so, sort of a gray fog in front of you. And, um, well, you're not familiar, of course, with that specific house. You've never been there before. So you have to wander about. And the way to do that is it's it's sort of a um, physical exercise where you use one hand always keeps touch with the wall. So you're always, always, always touching a wall. Either on the left side or on the right side, but you're always touching a wall, and um, you do that with uh, not the palm of your hand, but the back side of your hand, because if you would hit, uh, for instance, uh, bare uh, wire, that's electrical wire, um, then your hand, your your hand would 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 clutch clutch in clutch into a fist, and and thus uh, uh, keep you safe. If you would touch the wall with the palm of your hand and you would touch a wire, hot wire, and it, it would make your hand into a fist, and you, will, you would grab the wire, which is clearly unhealthy. Um, the other thing is the other hand keeps waving in front and, and above you. So it's a 90 degrees angle, yet you're constantly making to the top of you, to the front of you, to the top, to the front to uh, be prepared for any obstacle that you might encounter that you don't see. So that's what you do with your hands. Then you have your feet. One feet, your foot you're standing on, and the other foot is just um, sort of touching in front of you if there's still some floor left. Because, well, you never know. Maybe there's a hole in the floor. It's a wooden floor, and, and, and there's a burn hole in it. Uh, if it's a concrete floor, then uh, that's not happening. That will not happen very soon. But then um, sometimes you have these um, 
uh, the, for instance, uh, the, uh, a door to um, uh, what's the word for it in English? Um, a cellar to a cellar. And if the, 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 the door is open, you can tumble into the cellar, which is clearly also unhealthy. So you really need to, to touch in front of you quickly to, to, to see if there's, um, if there's anything. And that's the way you um, try to find your way into uh, a house that's, um, that's on fire. Um, if it's... Um, uh, that's a residential area. That's relatively easy. If it's it's if it's a commercial property, it's it's more difficult because well, anything goes uh, regarding the interior of such a building. There's there's no, um, you know, in a, in a normal residential house, you have your living room, you have your kitchen, you have sleep room, sleeping rooms, maybe a cellar, maybe a toilet, but in a, in a commercial property, it's yeah clearly you don't have a living room but you have um i don't know uh, a place where people are working maybe there are um uh, uh containers of 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 some highly inflammable gas that that are in use and um even if they are closed and there's nothing wrong with it but if they are in a in a building that's on fire uh they can still get hot and explode after all a blevy a boiling liquid e Explosing, what something? It's called a blevy anyway. Uh, it's um, it's always pretty impressive um, to witness uh, from a distance. Don't mind you. Actually, I once had a colleague who lost uh, the lower part of his leg because of um, of such a, an ex- exploding um, um, uh, gas um, bottle bottle of gas. Um, but he survived for the rest. Um, uh, yeah, that that's, comes with the trade, I guess. Um, why do people do this kind of work? I you may wonder. And the thing is, if you've done your education and you have learned all there is to learn about this kind of work it just doesn't feel dangerous anymore because you feel prepared for any and all eventuality and there's always murphy so it it really doesn't hold up in practice but nevertheless you feel confident enough to um to go about your business um yeah that's you know what let's leave it at that for this moment for this time half an hour talk about firefighting some theory if you have additional questions just send put a comment below the show and i'll be happy to to gather the questions and make a new show about it and and answer all your questions um yeah, let's let's do it like that uh, because there's a lot to tell, stories to tell, uh, theories to tell. Um, but yeah, let's respond to your questions. That that I think that will be a good idea. So just leave a comment um, uh, below the show uh, notes, and I'll respond to that in uh, as uh, in due time. Okay. Well, that's it for this time. Uh, 
It was nice talking to you again. I hope you enjoyed this uh, podcast. And uh, till we meet again. Okay, bye-bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.